Hey, here we are, Daily Telegraph NRL podcast, Michael Karianis, Phil Rothfield, I'm your host Adam Mobbs, joining you as we do every week. Grand final's over, but still plenty going on in rugby league, including some breaking news that we'll get to shortly. Uh, Buzzy, how are you, mate? I'm really, really good, Mobsy. Um, Haven't done your form for Derby Day yet? No, 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 no. <laughs> how are you, Mick? I haven't done my form. I'm good, Mobsy. I'm not as I'm not missing rugby league as, as much as Buzz. I was. You got you got to miss it a little bit to to rekindle the love for it, Buzz. You got to let it go for a little while, and then and then you'll miss it again. You can't have it all year round. What do you mean you can't have? Are you, are you telling me? I, I had a crack at you earlier, the man who hates excitement early in the year. <laughs> um, you're not hanging out for Origin? Surely you are. Oh, I'm looking forward to Origin, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it being played in, in three consecutive weeks. And after that, I'm looking forward to no footy for a while. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. Smash, smash, smash hit ratings. I really want this thing to rate like never before. Because what will happen then is we will play it post-grand final every year. And what that will mean is we won't have a six, eight-week period during the year where the competition is ruined, second-rate, crap Thursday night, Friday night games. And it's going to be a big story next Thursday morning um, how this game comes up on Channel 9. So we'll wait and see. You're not worried, Buzzy, that it won't be a battle of the best of the best given this time of year when... Other players are going off for postseason cleanup surgeries and the rest of it. Oh uh, well, not really, not really. Look, I, I think we've got the bulk of our good players there, and it was a horrible season with injuries. Anyway, mobs. If we played mid-year, we wouldn't have Tom Turbo out the back, and you know it was the worst year ever for injuries, wasn't it? So mid-year, we we would have been missing some. I just love the fact we all raved about this competition, said it was the new rules. I think it was more to do with the fact that there was no break, there were no split rounds, no buys, and just held the skelter every week. Yeah, uninterrupted <laughs> footy. I think Valandis had the uh, Peter Valandis had the nail hit the nail on the head when he said this year's competition should definitely have an asterisk on it, but because of how tough it was compared to previous years, eighteen straight weeks and then into a final series. So, listen, Buzz, you broke this next story, and dead set, it has turned into a quicker backflip than Mal Meninga's political career. So the NRL had abandoned the national anthem for the game's biggest showpiece event, State of Origin, declaring that it wasn't an international event and they didn't feel they needed to run it. So they've made that controversial decision at a meeting on Wednesday after consultation with the chairman of both the New South Wales and Queensland organisations. Now, in that two and a half hours since you broke that story, fan fury and a call from Prime Minister Scott Morrison has forced the NRL into an embarrassing backflip. Now, regardless of all this, it's alarming that the NRL felt it needed to go down this path in the first place. What do you think, Buzz? Yeah, um, huge decision by the NRL. They've been playing, it's their showpiece event, and they play the Origin every year before the kickoffs for the last 40 years. And I must say... Um, I'm a little bit disappointed. I, I respect all Indigenous players and their passion for, you know, not singing the anthem and for standing up for their rights and their beliefs. However, mate, I've said here before, I just burst with pride whenever I see football players before 
big events like this one and grand finals and internationals, you know, I, I love seeing it. I, I do. And um, big, big story though, mate. What's your um, thought around the idea that it's not an international, so it doesn't need to be played? I think that's absolute rubbish because the grand final isn't international either, is it? So to use that as an excuse is just wrong. What do you think, Mick? Yeah, I'm with you, Buzz. I, I respect um, those, the, the people that don't want to sing it. And I, and I found, um, I wouldn't even call it a protest. I, I found um, the way certain like players carried themselves by not singing it respectful to the whole process. I, I, I think calling it a protest is probably an, an extreme. I would have been upset if they turned their backs or did something like that. But when choosing not to sing it, that that's everyone's prerogative. And there's obviously a wider debate going on um, in our nation at the moment, but while our anthem is our anthem, I believe it should be played at all marquee events. Yeah, and that's the thing, Mick, because you, you touched on that, the wider debate around the anthem, and I can see where there may be some cur- concerns around certain wordings of our anthem, and I think opening the dialogue up and discussing potentially changing some of those phrases would be great. But the justifiable reasons that um, Indigenous Australians might not want to sing the anthem, there's a lot of people like you guys who, who enjoy the anthem, who find pride in it and who want to sing it on, on game day. It's going to feel uh, a, a little different. And we saw last year that the Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, Joshua Adokar didn't sing it. But um, in amongst them, Boyd Cordner, Damien Cook, Jake Turbo uh, standing there arm in arm, and they were singing it. And it wasn't, like you said, Mick, it wasn't a big deal. It's not 360, Buzz. Your phone's got to be on silent. Oh, thanks for that. Really appreciate it. Um, interesting thing, Mobsy, while my phone was just ringing, I just looked at our website poll, and it's 85% of people say the anthem should be played. It's a really interesting one because I went to the chairman of the New South Wales League and the Queensland League, and I think both state bodies were in favour of playing it, but they wanted to avoid controversy and basically left it to the NRL to take the decision out of their hands. And, and it was a topic of much debate at the commission meeting yesterday. All the way down. My kids sing it, you know, every week at assembly before school, um, yeah. you know, all the way up to these events. It's something that's ingrained in us that it's, it's something to be proud of and something that's supposed to be representative of us. And um, Because part of that thing, when you're growing up, I'm sure, the kids is putting that blue jersey on or putting the kangaroos jersey and that will still happen and think you're standing there in that line before full houses at suncorp and at anz and building out the anthem it's you know it's a goosebump moment in sport there's nothing worse than thinking that there's australians out there who don't feel that same sense of pride in the anthem and i'd like to see that mm. remedy mm. do you mm. know the second verse no, Mick? yep do you Beneath our radiant southern cross, there you go. toil with hearts and hands. Yeah. You're not yeah. long out of school, though, so that's probably Mickey, still you're fresh. you're proud Aussie, Mickey. <laughs> on your buddy. <laughs> on your bra. Anyway, can we talk some footy stuff? Yeah, There's let's get on the footy, Well, it sort of pales in comparison that we had some uh, furor at the start of the week. Again, uh, Buzz, you did it for your column on, on Monday, was the Phil Gould's origin, uh, sorry, grand final commentary which um a lot of people saw was uh, as very one-sided very penrith centric very parochial um 
and he's copped a lot of flack for that. It's, it's ended up being the most read story on the Telegraph website, uh, the most read NRL story, I should clarify, on the NRL website this year because people just saw it, uh, listened to it and thought, wow, it's uh, you wouldn't have thought Melbourne were playing and you definitely wouldn't have thought they were ahead when mm. Gus said that he thought the Panthers were well in front even though they trailed 16-0 on the scoreboard. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, someone said on Twitter, if you were just listening to Gus and not watching on TV, you'd think Penrith were winning 96 to 4. <laughs> you know, it was, such uh, was, you know, his failure to acknowledge what Storm were actually doing. Really interesting, Mick, that a rugby league story was number one on their website, and that was the furor around Gus and his, you know, his commentary. And I guess in. The new in the rugby league states were used to it, but they just couldn't work out how a guy could be, you know, say he's Penrith were the better side when they were down so substantially on the scoreboard. What do you think of his call, Mick? He wouldn't get a start in the ABC, my friend. Uh, I didn't hear a lot of it, Buzz, because I was at the yeah, game. Right. Uh, so I haven't heard a lot of it. I've heard bits and pieces, but. Um, the one that was obvious when they're down by such a significant margin at half time and saying they look the better side, I don't think anyone would have thought that Penrith looked the, the better of the two sides. They, they blew some opportunities and the like, and maybe that wasn't a uh, an indication of how close the, the, the game was, a scoreline, but no, nah, Melbourne were easily the best side. Do you get on with Gus? I don't mind him, yeah. One of your men, him. is he? Oh, I've always found him um, approachable and help and gets back to me and, and that sort of stuff, yeah. Oh, that's nice. Mm. Well, that's must, nice. Yeah, you must have written positive stories because as soon as you're rightly negative, but whoa. I've always found whoa. him okay, so I'm not going to bag a bloke that, uh, that's been So you're right not with running me. with me. You're, you're saying you're not running with me. I know. I, I did say I did find the, the call strange, but um, I think he's great for the game. I enjoy it. Yeah, I think I think he's what, a massive, he, he, you know, Gave us a talking point, didn't it? You know, after the game, and that's genuinely the way he feels, I presume. That, um, you know, he's obviously had a big role to play at Penrith and that close to his heart. But, you know, when you're broadcasting to three million people um, who are hanging on every word, um, yeah, that's why there was outrage. That's what Channel Nine like, I think. Channel Nine love about Gus is the fact that Gus is a story, even after a grand final. But that, that's the thing, Buzz. That's the thing you know, that shouldn't happen. Is that you, you look around the world and it's, you know, let, let's take this for example. Cameron Smith scored a try in likely his last game in rugby league. And it's, instead of celebrating the final try by arguably the greatest player to play our game, um, the commentators were bemoaning the bad luck for the opposition. You know, it'd be like watching Michael Jordan hit, hit a shot, you know, to end his career with the Bulls. And you're sitting there and talking about how bad it was for the Utah Jazz to concede the two points. It was, yeah, it was one of those moments. It's the same with Suliasi Vunavalu. The, the amazing athleticism that sh- he showed to pick off that Nathan Cleary pass, um, hit the deck, get himself back up, and get to 100 in 3.9 seconds, and you know push off Josh Mansour to run the full length of the field to score. What a wonderful rugby league try! But instead, all we heard was how, how bad it was for Nathan Cleary. And, of course, that was an element of it. But we just did not celebrate the Melbourne Storm anywhere near the way we should have on Sunday night. And I think that's where a lot of fans' noses came out of joint. 
No, that's true. That's true. But, you know, that's Gus. You know, Philip Ronald Gould. That's the way he is, mate. And, um, you know, I, I think that's why he's been so successful on television because, um, and, and in all roles in the media, because he's a polarising, controversial figure. And that's probably why we're still talking about Channel 9 and Gus right now, long after the grand final. And why so many people want to read about it on Monday morning after the game as much as they wanted to read about the result. It doesn't make it right, I know, but I thought it was disrespectful to Storm. As I said, the best sporting franchise in this country, and apparently they weren't the best team, according to Gus. You know, I just think it was wrong. Shit happens, as they say. I'm glad to use that <laughs> word on here, aren't I? We'll beep it out. Mobsy, we'll, can you raise that? Thing? We'll put a parent, parental advisory on this podcast before it comes out. Um, just just yeah. quickly, guys, what, what do you make of his comments the following day when there was critics of him and he told him to go back and listen again? So rather than maybe think to himself, well, maybe I was, he doubled down, uh, unrepentant, and said that the rest of us are wrong, he's right, go back and listen again. Uh, good luck to him. Who cares? Obviously <laughs> people do, Mick. They're reading the stories. Yeah, I know, I know, but like, if he believes in what he said, what's the issue? Good luck to him. We can criticise him, he can wear it, he can like it, he can move on, I don't know. I'm a bit, I'm a bit bored by it. Hey? <laughs> oh, Mick's asking people now to stop the podcast. Thanks, Mick. Yeah, pull up. Imagine if you said that on the ABC, seriously. It's only gold, pure gold content on there. You're saying this isn't? It's going to be a long six months for our long-suffering fans. With no, we're not on ABC anymore, Buzzy. You are joking. <sighs> Disappointing. Should have my. Where'd you run on Sundays in the ratings? I don't work Sundays, mate. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> G'day, it's Matty Johns here from the Matty Johns Podcast. Now, each week on a Wednesday, I'm going to talk rugby league, bringing listeners to the very latest from the NRL, including insight analysis from one of the sharpest minds in the game, Cooper Cron. Plus, on Fridays, we'll bring you inside the Johns family household. When I googled electric eel, it came up with the most frequently asked questions. First one was, can I power my house with electric eels? <laughs> Whether it's uh, NRL or laughs, there's something in this podcast for everyone. Search for the Matty Johns Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Origin preview next week. Um, Blues side all but confirmed. Uh, just waiting on a couple of injury uh, concerns around Tedesco, James Tedesco, Ryan Pappenhausen. But it looks Pappenhausen's like Pappenhausen's out, Mobsy. Yeah. Pappenhausen's been ruled out. Yeah. So it means some debuts for the likes of Luke Keary. Junior Paulo, a really new-look blue side this year. What do you make of it? Yeah, I'm actually excited to see some new faces. Obviously, you know, you'll miss a few of the regular stars, but a lot of the regular stars are out of form anyway. These guys all year have been banging on the door for selection. I'm not saying Keary in the last couple of weeks was all that flash at the Roosters and He's probably a little bit fortunate to get the job ahead of Cody Walker, who was South's best player for the last month of the comp. But, you know, new faces, new year, new contest. Wayne and Mal back in Brisbane. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it, you know. It's, it, you know, this time of the year, we needed a bit of a spark and a bit of a freshen up. And, you know, there's certainly no chance of this series going stale, you know, it's, with all these new players there. Yeah, it's totally... It's, it's a very... Different 
both sides are very different from what we've seen the, the last couple of years. And Buzz mentioned Luke Keary. I think uh, there's no doubt if we'll pick in the side in the middle of the year where Origin usually is, he would have been one of the first players chosen. But his form dipped. As much as it dipped, Cody's, Cody Walker's game went to another level and was probably the top five, top three um, performing players in the back half of the season. So I think he's very, very unlucky not to wear that number six jersey. And a lot rests on, on James Tedesco now, doesn't it? With no Ryan Pappenhausen, if Tedesco is not fit, Gutherson moves to, to fullback and then we'll probably see a, a debutant potentially in, in the centres as well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot riding on, on James Tedesco's fitness now. Yeah, but, you know, even with um, even with Gutho out the back, he was that close to winning, you know, just a fraction off winning the Dally M Award as best player in the comp. Yeah. And we're not going to lose a lot there with Gutho. And it's going to bring Crichton into the game or Lomax into the game and more excitement, a, a, an origin rookie on the big stage. and well, I, I'm not, Even if we lose Teddy, I, I think we'll be too strong. Gutherson's a sensational fullback. Who would have thought at the start of the year Clint Gutherson would be wearing the number one for, for New South Wales? You would have gone, you know, there's Latrell Mitchell, Tom Travojevic, Except for you, Mobsy, you're Parramatta diehard. <laughs> but um, it's he's played well. It's a, it's a good opportunity for him. If he doesn't play there, he would have probably lines up in the centre. What so, I love about uh, yeah, I'll tell you what I love about him, Mick. He's got the energy levels of Slater, Billy Slater. He's not he's as diminutive. He's not as brilliant. But mate, he covers as much territory. Yeah, and he's yeah, gonna, he's, he's born to play Origin, mate. He's born to play this game. And he was nearly my favourite player in the comp all year. I just love competitors. I love guys who don't take themselves too seriously and, you know, a light in the dressing room before the game. And I think he's going to be a really big asset to New South Wales in this series. Mind you, I love the Queensland fullback Brimson as well. Yeah, Brimson yeah. versus Gutherson. <laughs> what price would the tab have bet? On the, those two being the origin fullbacks, <laughs> billion, mm, billion to one, but crazy. As you said, guys, both in really good form, had really good 20, 20 seasons, and especially the back end of, of the season, both played exceptionally well. And um, you saw how much Brimson thrived under Justin Holbrook's coaching. So um, there'll be yeah, there'll be interesting proposition the Queenslanders because you know there's one thing about Wayne Bennett. He loves an underdog. He sat there and said this week that we're not underdogs, and you know. But you can just see that he's just planning a little blitzkrieg, isn't he? He's going to come through, and there'll there'll be an attack on the Blues, and we'll just have to see how they respond to it. So, because there's going to be some fresh faces and fresh combinations on both teams to see who can really make the most of that early and set the tone. Listen, something else I wanted to talk about origin-wise. Um, the Queenslanders are pushing a campaign now to change the origin eligibility because they see Luke Keary in the blues, the blue of New South Wales, and because he was in the Queensland emerging squad, although he wasn't eligible for them, they now want the rules changed. Where do you stand on that one? Uh, two words, Greg Inglis, you know, and the outrage about him playing his career for Queensland, you know. Um, Timmy got Maroons, Peter Bedell out of his socks, you know, writing this sort of story to, you know, 
he's a he's a New South Wales player, mate. He's you know I, I don't it doesn't bother me, but you know they've just the height of them after stealing Inglis from us, absolute scandal that will never ever happen again. And you know, and um, Luke Carey's a blue, true blue. What do you reckon, Mickey? Yeah, I'm with Buzz. I'm with Buzz. Suck it up. Stop your whining. Play on. Unlucky. Unlucky. Um, <laughs> what about Mick? What about Jerome Luai? He's uh, born in Sydney. Uh, he's got Kiwi background. Declared himself a proud Samoan. Says his heritage is his hearts with Samoa, and that's where he wanted to play. Uh, we, we've tracked down video of him um, a couple of years ago at the World Cup in 2017, he was asked who he supported, New South Wales or Queensland. He said Queensland, and now he's <laughs> now he's playing, now he's in the squad for New South Wales for this year's series. Um, yeah, strange one for mine. Uh, yeah, he, oh, who he supports, I don't think that really comes into it, but the fact that only a couple of years ago he was playing for the Junior Kiwis, he shouldn't be able to play. I, I didn't think you could play for the Junior Kiwis and represent, well, you can't play for the Junior Kiwis and represent Australia, is that right? Oh, it's like, Oh, listen, way. this is rubbish, Mick, and this is one of the things Peter Volandis is looking at. In 10 years' time, because of the Polynesian influx, if we don't allow players like Jerome Luai, who was with second-tier nations like Samoa, to play Origin, we might as well call the whole jam off because it'll be nowhere near the best 34 players in the competition. And that's the rule. If you are playing for a second-tier nation, you can play for state of origin. And it's not a selection trial for Australia anymore, and it shouldn't be either. We need the best footballers playing in this series. And, you know, to do that, you know, we, we need guys like Jerome Luai. They've got to revisit these rules because... 40 years ago, the scenario and the pathways and the backyard of rugby league was so different. You know, there were there weren't many Polynesians in the game, and I'm glad he's got a start. And same as Luke Carey, mate, he'll do the jersey proud if he gets a run. It's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. you look at the Tongan team. If you're talking internationals, there's not one Tongan-born player in that national team. They're all born in New Zealand or over here. So we're such a melting pot that yeah, it, it's it, Trying to find the answer to that one is going to be a tough one. But, um, yeah, it's interesting for mine that they actually chose Luai. Um, that's the fourth 5'8 that we've got in the team. Um, Keary, Cody Walker, Jack White, and now Jerome Luai. We've got one halfback in Nathan Cleary. If Cleary goes down, what do you do? You move Keary to seven, Walker to six? Would that be the, the yeah. answer? Um, I, mean, I know Adam Reynolds needed off-season surgery, but he would have delayed that to play Origin if he was a chance, I'm sure. Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt Cleary just slots into the number seven jersey if something happens to Cleary. But um, there was some concern over over Cleary initially because he had that head knock against Canberra, and although he came back and finished the game, um, that's what the selectors were had a little bit of concern about. But um, that's why Luai was on their on their radar. But I'm actually surprised they they went with him. Mm. It's unusual having one specialist halfback in a squad like this. But as you say, Cleary will do a good job. Kiri will play halfback at the Roosters next year, I reckon. And um, they're the same position, aren't they? He played both sides, I think, at the Roosters this year. He just swung wherever the ball was, you know. And one of the reasons I think Kyle Flanagan's looking forward to going to Canterbury because he'll be the dominant half and he'll call the shots, whereas he probably didn't do as much to his liking at the Roosters this year. 
Are you worried about Nathan Cleary rebounding from the grand final defeat when it comes to Origin on Wednesday night? Not at all, because he's got such good people around him in the New South Wales side. And it's one of the things I love about Freddie, whereas technically he wouldn't be the number one coach in the game, but his passion for, passion for player welfare and, you know, getting them ready to play rugby league. You know, Wayne Bennett and Mal get a lot of raps for doing it, but Freddie's done it for a couple of years now and he'll know, he'll, he'll, he'll have him ready to play. There's no question about that whatsoever. And I've got great confidence. I think young Cleary's a really tough kid and he's shown that all year and I wouldn't be surprised if he won the man of the match down Adelaide. He'll be up, no doubt about it. Uh, I've got to agree with Buzz. It hurts. Stop it. Stop but I'm agreeing with the great with I'm oh. agreeing with the great man. No, I think if Cleary comes in with a – it's going to – yeah, uh, I don't know. I've just got to agree with Buzz. There's nothing else to say. <laughs> right, one more before we go, just quickly. Uh, what do you reckon about Brad Fittler's Tigers sledge? Um, this referring to how – the Tigers let, among other players, Ryan Pappenhausen, the Clive Churchill medal winner, uh, potential New South Wales fullback, uh, star of the future, and as is the tale with the West Tigers over the last five years, they haven't got much right with the recruitment and retention, and Freddie said he couldn't believe the decision that they didn't see the talent in him. Um, thoughts on that one? Well, guys, guys, remember I was critical of Marina Go when she was chair of the, the uh, West Tigers? Tigers. Yes. And it was criticism of the entire organisation, but the buck stops with the chair. The chair appoints the CEO, then the CEO runs the football organisation. And in this case, it was Justin Pascoe. And Justin Pascoe then appoints the coach, the recruitment boss, the high performance, etc., etc. There have to be so many questions asked of the West Tigers, and we still have to be asking them, not just with Pappenhaus and Addo Carr, leaving but Tedesco and Moses and Woods and you could keep going on and on and the money they've overpaid the likes of Reynolds and Packer and Moses Embi. This is a big story that will not go away because they offered Joseph Suwali enormous amounts of money to go there but he wants to go to the Roost. He doesn't want to play at the West Tides. He thinks Madge is mad just like um, Ryan Madison did. Just like Latrell Mitchell did. Latrell Mitchell knocked back a million dollars over three years extra, he could have earned not to go there. So there's this big recruitment problem at that club that still hasn't been addressed, and it started with the boys you mentioned, Adokar and Ryan Pappenhausen. I can remember Adokar playing 20s at Cronulla. He was special, you could tell that, and I was filthy when the Sharks let him go. But to do it after he developed even further, the West Tigers was just total garbage. And did it happen as far back as Jason Taylor? Was it Ivan Cleary? Who was? I don't know. But it hasn't improved under Madge and hasn't improved under Justin Pascoe. And West Tigers fans are entitled to be furious because these guys, you know, should still be playing football there if anyone at that club had had any vision. Wrong. Oh, Buzz, I have to agree with you again. Oh, that's it. I'm out. Freddie's, Freddie, well, Freddie's sledge is what everyone's just been saying for the last couple of years, isn't it? Like, their talent ID was poor, their retention was poor, and their recruitment's been even worse. So that's why they've been a a basket case for as long as they have. And um, 
those responsible for heading up the recruitment's not there anymore. But how you let those guys go out of your backyard and to want to buy Josh Adokar back, it's just madness. It's madness. But Adokar doesn't want to go there, mate. Yeah, yeah. He'll go to Canterbury or South. He doesn't want to buy the West Tigers. Until Mitchell, as I've said, I don't want to sound like a broken record. They can't sign anyone. What, what Unless you're middle forward and you're a bit, hey, you know, James Tarmow is happy to go there, but he's getting paid overs to go there. The only players, as I've said, they've managed to recruit in recent years is the most seen by Josh Reynolds and Russell Packer. Who's the good forward from Parramatta, Mitt? Nathan Brown. One of those, Stefano. Yeah, one of those Stefano names I struggle with. What's his last name? What's his full name? Stefano. Sorry, guys. Stefano Utoi Kamanu. Yeah, nice, Mobsy. Good, mate. Yeah, he's, um, he's a gun. He's a gun. But it's a... It's an indictment. Yes. It's an indictment, isn't it, when you look at the fact that players would more likely rather go to Canterbury, who have been a dumpster fire of a club for the past three or four years. Um, and but you look at their recruitment at the moment. They've picked up Kyle Flanagan. They've got Nick Kotrick. They're looking at making other signings. Um, they've picked up Steve Hansen, the World Cup winning All Blacks coach from the Kiwis, to come in and help Trent Barrett out. I mean, I tell you what. Um, I know he's been busy trying to win a grand final with Penrith, but he hasn't done much wrong at uh, Canterbury in his short time, has he, Barrett, with the plans he's got for the future? I tell you, I'd like to give a rap to, and I know he's one of your men too, Mick, is um, Andrew Hill at the Bulldogs. <laughs> I'll tell you why you've got to give Andrew Hill a rap is because he has had to avoid so much nonsense, so many, so much politics, so many, I can't use, the, I don't know what word to use, but really, really nasty people who have under, been undermining that club for a long period of time. And for him to come through the other side and for him to, this is Andrew Hill steering all this, signing Barrett and and it had the rebound effect to get Hanson on board and Kyle Flanagan and Nick Kotrick and more to come. And then he, he was very much instrumental in the Laundy family coming on board as a major sponsor. I don't know if he'd be Medalli MCO of the year, Mick, but he'd be right up there with him. You know, he's he's had a great year to uh, to come through this unscathed. And I, one of the reasons I'm really excited about next year already is I'm looking forward to seeing the dogs and seeing how far Barrett can take them up the ladder. And you just want him to have the opportunity to be there when it comes good because, you know, Canterbury are headed in the right direction. They've been down for, for so long. They still need, you know, they're still, for mine, two, two good sign-ins out of being a top eight side, but they're heading in the right direction. And we haven't seen that from the Bulldogs in the last couple of years in terms of their roster because they've been hamstrung. But they always said 2021 was when they're going to get some some clear air. And, you know, don't forget Luke Thompson as well has a, has a full year out. And although he started slow, I thought he was really impressive in his last couple of games, particularly against Penrith. I thought he was outstanding. Um, so with a full preseason under his belt as well, he, he you know, will, will be better for it. So I think they're they're definitely headed in the right direction, led by Andrew Hill. Yeah, give give that Thompson a full off season, Mick, and hopefully yeah. his partner can come out and he won't be as homesick and he'll get to know Sydney a bit better now he's out of the bubble. Yeah, it could be a great play next year, great signing. Mate, there's one thing an Englishman needs over here, and it's an Aussie summer. He'll just slip right into it after that, mate. So I think you give him a little bit of an off-season. Like you said, out of the bubble, he'll be fine. Bit of sunscreen? A lot of sunscreen. What would your top three, uh, Mobsy, what would your top three recommendations be? And you can't say the Manly Ferry 
Opera House or Bondi. Mate, that's all eastern Sydney. You've got to come out west where it's at. You've got the Nepean River. We've got the Museum of Fire out there. You've got the Blue Mountains. Oh, wet and wild. It's uh, not wet and wild anymore, Mick. It's raging waters. Museum of Fire. You know what I'd be advising him? I'd be advising him Port Hacking. I'd be advising him Cronulla Beach. I think he's in the Shire Buzz, isn't he? Yeah, and I'd be advising him Northies. <laughs> no, you'd be advising him Northies. Well, I'm just trying to give you a few Cronulla landmarks, you, Mick. You just want a spotted. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we've got plenty of spotters this week. Uh, you should take him to Northies. Northies is a Arthur Laundy pub, Bulldog yeah, sponsor. He might have a little corporate cut. Oh, I, little... reckon if we, I reckon if we got in a strife down there, Arthur would uh, look after us. <laughs> oh, I can't believe this is going to air. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you plan on doing down there? Uh, what? What do you plan on doing? <laughs> Mobsy, we're outside the footy season, mate. We had to go a bit wide today. Yep, we did. But we'll have a we'll have a bit more to talk about next week with Origin. Yeah, I can't wait. Origin. Oh. Yep, it's going to be a different one this year with the pandemic, but we'll uh, we'll figure it out. But we have to leave it there, guys, because uh, some of us need to get back to work. Mick, you need a column lead. Buzz, you need to follow up on that anthem stuff. And uh, I'm going to go get some lunch. So thanks for stopping by again, guys. We'll do this all again next week, wrap up some Origin, look at some free agency, and uh, find out how Mick's finger's going, because it looks pretty bad there in that uh, footage I've just seen. That's all right. Yeah, it doesn't look good, mate. It doesn't look good, brother. I'm all right. All right, guys. All right, guys. Talk See to you later. later. The podcast Faith on Trial looks into Hillsong, both in Australia and the U.S., and takes both the listener and hosts on unexpected twists and turns in the story of Brian Houston and the singing preachers. There are two incidents involving Pastor Brian. The Australian journalists uncovered a litany of alleged criminal behavior in the megachurch. Financial gifts were being given to the leaders of the church. Listen to Faith on Trial Hillsong ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts.